0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special edition of Ignite Radio Live over the
1: five mighty stations.
0: You're tuned in with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. Very excited to be with you here Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. and the Encore 2 p.m. on Saturdays. And we're in the afterglow. The afterglow of a very special event that took place this past Saturday called Ignite Catholic Family Festival. But really it's more like a grand retreat, an adventure, where people are going from station to station at places throughout the campus this year, thematized by um, the Lord's Prayer, so the seven Petitions of the Lord's Prayer each marked a particular station on the property. Families are carrying around a candle and putting a sticker at each station as they complete that station, all leading up to the climactic evening event and Ignite, uh, bringing ourselves to Jesus in worship. So around a week ago, we looked at the forecast and uh, we saw that there's 70, 80% of thunderstorms. We pray uh, for God to bestow his power from on high, but uh, I think uh, he and we had something in store different than lightning hitting tents and uh, electrocuting us. So uh, as it continued through the end of the week, the forecast, we recognized we needed to make the shift. We needed to make the decision and not have the tent. And it definitely adjusted our logistics substantially. So. You think of Bethlehem, the holy family going down uh, for the birth of Jesus, right? And uh, it's not the five-star hotel they got. It was the cave. It was the smelly stable. Or thinking about coming back. You know, you just had your first baby come home from the hospital. And, uh, you know, what if we were sent not simply to another house, but to another country? That was Jesus, Mary, and Joseph going to Egypt. Well, it was similar for us. And God reminding us that he's in it. So I want to invite you tonight as we um, have a very special program lined up for you. You're going to hear Amber Demethe share with the women uh, her talk to the women, which is very, very powerful. You're going to hear some great worship that came from this event. Steph, kind of what now a couple days later, um, what stands out for you as you think back to a couple days ago?
1: Thinking about... All that led up to it, thinking about going from plan A to plan B to plan C to plan D. Just willingness, without question, like just from the teenagers to the older folks and everything in between. What do you need? Do you need me to do anything? How can we help? You know, just that communal feel as the body of Christ so beautiful.
0: Two words that struck me that were what what singles out this particular event, and maybe even mass impact as a movement, are two words missioned community you get a distinct sense increasingly that this is more than just inactivity for many of these folks that there's an emerging sense of families with all their struggles, all their challenges, but united in the desire to more fully know and live for Jesus Christ, not just in a connect the dot once a month or these special event fashion, but really digging in and together supporting each other. And so to have those folks, as you indicate there, ready and available and interested in sharing in this was, was really, really powerful for me.
1: It just felt like there was a place for everybody. The breakout sessions, you mentioned Amber, who did a phenomenal job with the women's session. Um, her husband Dan did the men's sessions we even had a grandparent session that really touched the people who were there they're so often the forgotten about group you know certainly they would benefit um, in those other groupings but to be signaled out in a special way that their wisdom and their place in life matters you know, you had, again, the little ones. Um, it was just beautiful. The dads helping with the little ones. The, sing- the singletons who came. I know I'm kind of all over the map, but, you know, the music. You know, Brendan and Alicia, phenomenal job leading worship and praying. I don't even want to say leading. I mean, they were evidently, um, their hearts were just so there and such the desire to lead all those in worship along with them yes. to the Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah so moved again by the priests we were very very blessed with um, six other priests who came to hear confessions which for all six of them during the Ignite Adoration there were lines the entire time and so that in and of itself so moving to see the opportunity that the Lord gave us to just welcome people to the sacraments in that way phenomenally powerful um, Ignite Father Dan Duran in his leading um, you know, with the Eucharistic procession, and then just his prayerful priestly presence, you know, in that realm, just very, 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 very moved. People praying over each other with different needs, people coming before the Lord in the monstrance, and just in that closer proximity, um, just powerful stuff to see families doing that together was, um, Just a gift on so many levels.
0: Uh, A family I did not know um, was coming back to the main area, which was the gym, no longer the tent, the gym. Didn't know them at all, and I would kind of made my rounds, and how are you doing? How are things going? He had tears in his eyes, and he's with his wife and children. I said, oh, allergies, right? (laughs) kind of laughed, and he said, you know, no, this is just so moving. He, He didn't have words to explain, and I thought, hmm. Because we had developed right the stations and what took place, and I had to think about what was happening at the stations. And at each station, one of the things was a simple cir- a, a directive for at each station to circle up as a family, and for instance, to go around and simply say, you know, share one way that you see Christ alive in every person. And so I can imagine if that happened to be the station or something like that, how often, mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, do you hear from your children or your spouse You know, them sharing with you how they see Jesus Christ alive in you. I suspect it's pretty uncommon. And, you know, that alone would be enough to move any particular person. By the way, it's a little bit of a commercial here that uh, a a takeaway from this wonderful day was a challenge. That God doesn't want that grace just to be poured out for that seven or eight hours. He wants us to encounter him and recognize he made our homes. He, He designed homes folks. He designed marriages. He designed homes to be a place where this, you know, community in his spirit continues. And often the busyness, even good busyness, robs us of that encounter of him in our relationships. And so we, Mass Impact, are really at the service of discovering that gift, of of celebrating it. And we invite you to go to massimpact.us on a weekly basis, Put that flag in the sand as we speak of this. Download that Live It Gathering guide and make it your own. Spend that time talking and praying. That sounds like a pretty big task, I know, but commit the time. Go to massimpact.us and just do it. And in fact, all of those who are there, we challenged to what if this, we painted this picture. What if all of us coming away from this Ignite Catholic Family Festival committed ourselves to seven weeks, just an hour each week. And again, think of all the other things we commit to. What if we commit ourselves to just an hour every week together, if you will, in our own homes, but together, uh, to to talking and praying, using this Live It Gathering Guide? If that speaks to you, brothers and sisters, right now, if you'd like to experience the continued vitality that you had in that retreat experience, if you want to make it happen in your uh, in your home, it's not just going to happen. You're not just going to feel it. You got to decide you're going to do it, and you got to you know put the flag in the sand, as we say. Go to Live It Challenge. Dot com. Again, go to LiveItChallenge.Eventbrite.com and join us.
1: We really do need, and I say need deliberately, that ongoing um, opportunity to continue in relationship, personally, um, in our parish or in our families in our parish and in the world. Right.
0: The next thing we really invite you to look to September 11th, of course. That date stands out for many of us for many other reasons, uh, about a different kind of destructive fire. We're inviting you to join us for Set Ablaze, the next Set Ablaze. It's free. It's at St. Jerome Parish. It's going to be a mighty encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I can't say enough about what the Holy Spirit is doing as we open our hearts to the fullness of what God desires for us in the fullness of our Catholic faith. And where you can find out more about that event and register, you need to register. It is free for at least, I'll say, the first 50, setablaze.eventbrite.com. That's where you need to go, setablaze.eventbrite.com. And the final commercial before we get to some beautiful worship music from that night and Amber's talk is a new thing we've got going called Faith in Business. We've been praying for business leaders, Catholic business leaders, over 900 of them. We've been praying for them. Uh, for over nine, ten months now. And uh, we got a a note out to all of them and let them know we're praying for them. And our our Catholic business leaders are probably about nine on our team that are really joined with us in uh, praying that they not simply become benefactors, although that may be a part of it. The bigger thing is invite them to play to win in our faith. Uh, personal family and parish discipleship. And so we want to read through just some of these businesses that have been so uh, um, beneficial to us that are truly examples of discipleship in our community and that merit um, your support. You You know the phrase what does it profit to gain the whole world but to lose your soul? Well, you think about the word profit. These are businesses that certainly, they got to make a profit. And they're providing for many families by their businesses. But the profit that they're really about is souls for eternal life. All new construction. Uh, Ascension Medical Device and Diagnostics. Bill Noltner and family have just been a tremendous blessing to us. Their uh, children are involved with our Children's Lit group, which is fabulous, and Bill is just a good brother in Christ, so Ascension Medical Device and Diagnostics. Uh, Carpets by Auto, you've heard that name here on Annunciation Radio. Thank you so much for your support. Don's Automotive Group donated a fun little kids electric vehicle that was a, you know, a bit of a highlight for the little kids at our festival, and uh, we have a little fun video about that, but thank You again? Ed
1: Schmidt, Otto, um, Rich Cronin, and his family, we love you. We thank you for your support. We thank you for your witness as a family, as um, on fire parishioners, as just wonderful Catholic people. And uh, your generous spirit on so many levels is just a real inspiration and gift.
0: Um, so another interstate commercial glass. Gosh, what can we say about the Erickson family? You've heard Walt and Liz on this radio program in the past. And uh, Walt is another person and his wife Liz who are just in it to win it. They're parishioners at Holy Trinity. They're dear, he's a dear brother in Christ. We're blessed to be the godparents of little Xavier. Um, so interstate commercial glass, again, is a company that is uh, just really making a difference in this community and thoroughly about building the kingdom.
1: McClure Insurance Group, just blessed by their generosity. MFC Products, Miller Fastener and Components. Um, Again, personally know Paul Miller and family. And just, again, we are so blessed in this community by so many intentional Catholic people here who um, acknowledge the great blessing they have been given and want to be blessers. And they, too, do it in such a way... um, with their witness as a family. North Central Hand Rehabilitation, Rita Dodd, God bless you. Thank you so much for your generosity in making this stuff happen. Um, Rita is on one of our core mission teams and is just a phenomenal sister in Christ. Northwest Ohio Scholarship Fund, just blessed by their yes in support of us.
0: Parshower Eye Center, which is run by Dr. Eric Dudenhofer. Many of us know him out in the Sandusky area. Just a beautiful family, in it to win it, love God, give everything they have for the kingdom, and uh, so generous, uh, both with their time with a big family. So for any of those particular eye needs, really definitely get a hold of uh, Dr. Eric Dudenhofer at Parshower Eye Center.
1: ProMedica, we thank you for your generous supports of the festival. Savage Construction, James Savage, who has personally done some work with us, we would just very much recommend to anybody who wants a hardworking, honest um, man of God working on their home, Savage Construction.
0: Many of us know the Kelly family, Kevin and Kate Kelly. uh, And Kevin is the president of SJS Investment Services. And again, just in it to win it. Um, bring expertise in that realm of investment and strategies, and that uh, Kevin has been a blessing to our family and to this movement from the very beginning. You've seen uh, his children on our lit videos, and they've been part of the lit group.
1: And Robert, their son Robert, has actually been on this radio show a couple times as a young person, a junior in high school, going now going into a junior year. Um, just great witness, bold witness of uh, faith in just proclaiming it. And last but not least, Spangler's Restaurant and Pub. Just again, blessed by your generosity. Thank you for allowing the Lord's good work to continue um Through mass impact.
0: So, we are very eager to encourage, pray for, and support you, Catholic business owners and business leaders. Again, not simply for your financial support, but for us, it is about discipleship. It's about personal, family, and parish discipleship and sharing really a plan to win. So, thank you so much, folks. With no further ado, we're going to turn it over to really some of the highlights from our Ignite Catholic Family Festival, some great music, a talk from Amber. And uh, stay tuned because next week we're going to do the same with some other speakers. God bless you. Thank you so much.
2: In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are still, when striving cease My comforter, my all in all Here in the love of Christ I stand Christ alone who took on flesh fullness of God in helpless faith this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as Jesus died the Son of God for every sin on Him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground His body lay Light of the world by dark for in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood. In life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand.
3: my husband's sister is having a baby in December and I'm so excited and I got my sling out I was like Maria please tell me you'll let me wear your baby (laughs) like just please let me wear your baby and I don't know because when I had my first child I was really greedy with Sophia my oldest I wouldn't even let Dan hold Sophia like he would be on this side of the couch and I'd be over here and I would start like trembling like you just need to give her back you need you're going to hurt her you're going to do something wrong like so i really love my kids a lot and i miss them but i'm really so excited to be here they're letting me talk to grown-ups this is huge i feel so empowered right now um i want to talk to you a little bit about weddings today okay weddings so spring summer did anybody go to any good weddings anybody yes yeah what's what's awesome about weddings why do we love them there's joy, joy, happiness, family, flowers. Anybody? (laughs) Flowers. Yes. The music, the flowers. It's kind of an obsession. So we don't have cable anymore. But when we did, I was a big TLC addict, like the wedding dress shows, the ones where they like compare their weddings to each other. Anything that was wedding themed or oriented. Do I have a Pinterest board of wedding dresses? Yes, I do. (laughs) I've been married 10 years. I don't know why. I just, I like them. They're beautiful. I like weddings. So um, Dan and I are having our nine year anniversary in December. We were married on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception um, because my niece was dirty and made her wedding date in fall, which I always wanted. So we had to go to <laughs> winter. So I thought if I had to get married in the winter, like, okay, at least a beautiful feast day. Um, so it's going to be nine years. So, you know, 10 years is around the corner. And I was like, Dan, like, vow renewal like another wedding dress another wedding like yes let's do this and he's like you are out of your mind and he was saying men like so like I love men I'm. this is not like a down on men talk at all you won't hear that here but he just his mind can't comprehend like why I would want to do it. He's like, why? And then he said, 10 years isn't that big of a deal. And I thought like, wow, like, it's nice to know that it's gone by in like a moment for you and you've enjoyed it so much. But marriage is a really big deal and it's actually really hard. And the first 10 years, I don't, I haven't known any of the other years, but I feel like the first 10 years with all the transitions of the new kids and stuff, it's been like, Like, it's been easy for him to be married to me, but it's been kind of hard for me to be married to him all the time. Right? Like, it's been difficult. So, anyway, I love a good wedding. I'm trying to talk Dan into a 10-year vow renewal. So, pray for that. We'll see what happens. I may have kind of bought a second-hand wedding dress. Don't tell him. Okay. Because I am on the resale site on Facebook for wedding dresses. So... Weddings are awesome, and I think that it's kind of ingrained in us because we're actually headed to a wedding, right? The wedding feast of the Lamb, right? So Revelation, when it talks about heaven, which is where we're trying to go, and the whole theme of today is thy kingdom come, right? The kingdom of God. And in Scripture, numerous times, Jesus tells us, That the kingdom of God is like a wedding feast. And in Revelation, they paint that picture for us of the wedding feast. So I want to just go there with you for a minute. And it's not a long reading. I hate when people read from the Bible to me for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, I want to listen so bad. But my mind's like somewhere else, like thinking about wedding dresses. So (laughs) I'm going to read to you a little bit. Hello, welcome. So this is from Revelation. Oops, I'm in Romans. Those R's, they tricked me. Okay, so this is from Revelation, and this is chapter 19, verses 6 through 9. And it says, now, you know about the book of Revelation. So what happens is, St. John is having these visions of the kingdom of God. He's having these visions of heaven. And there's a lot of freaky stuff that happens in the book of Revelation that's really hard to kind of understand. But this part's pretty clear and really exciting to me. Okay, so it says... Then I heard, John, then I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude. It sounded like many waters and like the sound of mighty thunder pealing and crying out, hallelujah. The Lord, our God, the almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted for her to be clothed in the finest of linens, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the, saint, of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this down. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. So blessed are we who have been invited... To the kingdom of God. Who have been invited to this wedding feast of the Lamb. And who is the bride? The bride is the church. And not just the church as a whole. But it's every single one of us. Invited by name as we are. To be brides of the living God. Jesus Christ. That's what we're invited into. So this prayer that we learned when we were three years old. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. We're praying for our salvation. And the salvation of all mankind. We're praying For that wedding day that we are so called to. And the most amazing thing is that it's not just in 20 years or tomorrow whenever the Lord decides to take us home. It's not just a heaven thing, but the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what Jesus says, right? And what does he mean by that? He means that the king is the kingdom and that he has given himself to us. So the kingdom is at hand because Jesus is alive in me. Because he said, I will never leave you I will be with you always and everywhere until the end of time and Jesus does what he says he will do and so the king who is the kingdom is with us and that is how he calls us to live he wants us to live like joyful brides every day like we're rocking that dress like nobody else ever has we are just wearing his love we are just clothed in light and joy and peace do you feel that way every day Me either. Let's talk about it. Okay, so let's talk about that, what we're called to. So, another wedding, the wedding feast at Cana, right? You guys are familiar with that. Greg was just talking about it. When he started talking, I was like, don't you give my talk now. Stop right there. So, the wedding feast at Cana, this is familiar to you, but I want you to forget that it's familiar for a minute. Okay, because I don't want you to do that thing where you're like, oh, I know this story. I'm going to think about tacos. Okay, let's just like forget about that for a second. So pretend you're hearing this for the first time. And it says on the third day, there was a marriage at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Before we know Jesus was there, we know that Mary was there. Right. Because wherever Mary is, that's where Jesus is. Okay. so John tells us that the mother of Jesus was there. And so next line, Jesus was also invited. Right. (laughs) So the mother of Jesus was there. So Jesus was also invited, as were his disciples. When the wine failed, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, oh, woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, kind of ignoring that he said he wasn't going to do anything. His mother says, do whatever he tells you. Just do whatever he tells you. When things go wrong, not according to our plan, in our everyday emotions and embarrassments, have you ever like thrown a dinner party and run out of food? I haven't, because I'm Italian. I always overcook, right? <laughs> but that, the fear of that embarrassment has me cooking for three times the amount of people that I have, right? So... This idea of not being able to fulfill the needs of our guests, especially as women, I think that kind of hits home, right? Like, or providing for our children, right? Like, um, not having... It's the season of buying school shoes and textbooks and all that things, right? We want to provide for the ones that we love, and we always want to have enough. So you imagine that moment, because your, your wedding is one of the most important days of your lives, and then something goes wrong, right? So at, when Dan and I got married, I wanted them to have a little pearl. What are those things called that go on your ties? Tie clip? No. But it was like a pin, not a clip. clip. I wanted them to be pearls because that's vintage and lovely. And when the little um, like silver squares, I wanted to not walk down the aisle when I saw that. I was like, no, I said pearls. (laughs) But I still went because it's a sacrament. But when things go wrong, we get a little uncomfortable. Right. And so in the midst of a very human emotion. Right. And something that many of us have said, like, oh, you should just offer that up and not care. Mary was like, Jesus, do something. About this, this very real and very practical need in our lives. Mary said, Jesus, would you do something about this? And she said that if we do whatever he tells us, we will be provided for. So miracles in everyday situation, we want to see that we want to see miracles in our everyday lives. We want to see Jesus moving that every day of our life would be the most important day of our life because Jesus would be active in that day. So what does Jesus tell them to do? So there were six stone jars and they were standing there. They were there for what reason? For the Jewish rite of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And Jesus said to them, now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast. And what happened? It was the best wine ever, right? They were like, this, most people, the steward said, most people serve the good wine first and then once everyone is completely intoxicated, then they bring out the cheap stuff, right? Because nobody knows the difference anymore, right? Like you serve the best wine before you even serve the dinner when the palate, you know, all that good stuff about wine. So we're going to talk about step-by-step how we can make room in our lives for that choice wine, right? So I want to talk about Those jars. So the jars, this is our makeshift jar. This does not hold 20 or 30 gallons, okay? But these jars that were at the wedding feast of Cana, it said they were there for the Jewish rite of purification. Now, what that means is that before they came into the wedding feast, they had to clean their feet. OK, now they wore sandals all the time and they had a long journey to get there because they didn't have a Cadillac escalator or anything like that. Right. They were walking on their journey. Their feet were rank. They were disgusting. And these jars held the water that cleaned their feet. OK. And Jesus says, I want that jar. OK. Jesus says to bring those jars to him. That's the first thing he tells them to do to bring an empty jar. We know that the jars had to be empty because we heard that sentence where he said, now go fill them, right? But before he could fill them they had to be empty. They had to be emptied of the dirty, nasty, foot-washing water, okay? So, let's we'll talk about that for a sec here. Because this little jar here is gonna start to represent our life. Do you guys like props and visual aids? Me too, because I can't just keep focusing on things unless there's something visual, right? So, it's my little jar, and this is going to represent our hearts, okay? Now, our hearts get full of stuff, okay? Anybody full of it out there? I'm full of it sometimes, right? We get very full of it, because there's a lot going on in our lives. So, this is my little jar of my heart, and I just want to talk. Actually, I need a little volunteer. Who wants to come and hold my dirt? You're not as... Yes, come on up. Nice. Okay, Lori, give Lori a hand. Okay, Lori, good job. Lori, you represent junk, okay? So you're my junk, okay? But I love you very much. Yes, okay. Now, somebody want to come up and hold the water? Another little volunteer here. Little volunteer. Come on, don't be shy. Your kids would do it. Yes, perfect. What's your name again? Annette. Annette? Hi, Annette. Give Annette a hand. Annette, you hold my water here. Okay, Annette, perfect. So now here's my jar. Okay, so this is my little life as a woman, okay? Okay, so... The first thing, we all want to see these miracles in our lives, right? Every day we want to see miracles, but something is coming between us and that, that life of um, dancing through the daisies in our wedding dress that we talked about, right? So why aren't we dancing through daisies in our wedding dress every day full of joy? Let's talk about this. The first thing that I think, and I want to be careful not to make a mess here, the first thing that I think really comes between us and that is sin in our lives, right? So we all have these little sins, and I'm not going to ask anybody to say their sins out loud or anything like that. But the thing about sin is that it's gross, okay? The thing about sin is that for whatever reason, we feel comfortable in it, right? And when we fall into these old sins that we can't, for whatever reason, get past, what comes along with the sin in our lives is the shame, right? Then we start um, pointing fingers at ourselves, and then we've got our old friend guilt here, okay? So shame and guilt that I know I made a mess that want to separate us here. I need a bigger bucket. Okay. Um, talk a second about who Jesus is. Okay. A lot of times we picture Jesus, I think, as a police officer. And he's got his finger pointed, right? And he's telling us, you did this, you did that. And we make Jesus an accuser. But actually, Satan is the accuser. Okay. Jesus is mercy. Jesus is is compassion? Does Jesus say run around and sin and have fun? No, that's not what I'm saying. But Jesus is not an accuser. The thing is, so God I saw this on a meme, are you ready? It's great. <laughs> God knows your sin but calls you by your name. Satan knows your name, but he calls you by your sin right so that's where the shame and the guilt come in and that just creates a bigger void right so when we run to our sin and we allow that to kind of fill up our jar we could go right to confession we could go right to mercy and love and peace and joy because Jesus's favorite prayer to answer is forgiveness like he died for it and he already did the work so he has no problem shelling out the mercy that he already purchased for you okay so we don't need to shame and hide like Eve is like behind the bush like God don't see me back here But God sees us anyway, right? We don't need to hide behind the bush with Eve. We need to step forward and say, hey, Jesus, you know that mercy you won for me with every drop of your blood? I'll take some, please. Right. And he's going to say, here's my ring. Here's my coat. Here's a huge banquet feast because I love you and I'm obsessed with you. And every beat of my heart is for you. That's what he's going to say. Not sinner. That's the devil. Okay, so that's where the shame and the guilt come in. Let's talk about busyness. Because that's huge for us, right? So we are running our kids all over the place busy. We are taking care of our husband's needs. Because Dan, why can't you just put your clothes in the hamper? Like, why? I don't like I'm cleaning up after four people. Like, just pick up your stuff. We're cleaning up our houses. And we are trying to um, catch up with friends, right? What else? Why else are we busy? What else is making us busy? Tell me. Volunteering volunteering out the wazoo everybody's like you really need help with this could you go all in with me on this volunteer opportunity and you're like there's so many good things I need to do where's do where that stop right and so we just give and we give and we give what else what else is making us busy other ideas our kids, our kids schedules what the heck Sophia's eight okay this is her second year doing ballet the ballet teacher today tells me it's not just one day a week but it's gonna be two days a week now that I have to drive and sit in a ballet studio for two hours okay why why are kids schedules so busy so our children's schedules right you guys get the picture maybe you have elderly parents you have to take care of a lot of the things that are keeping us busy are good but they're still filling us up and consuming our time right and it's pressure the pressure consumes our minds right so the last thing that i want to talk about um, that fills our jar and kind of takes us away from the lord and this is real talk here okay I want to talk about those negative voices in our heads and the things that we believe about ourselves, okay? So how many of us are allowing the devil to come in with these lies that we are not good enough, that there is nothing that we have to offer to the kingdom of God anyway? Why would God even want to talk to me or make use of me in in his kingdom? Uh, The kingdom of God is for perfect people, not me. I always screw up. I keep taking the same sin to confession every single time. I am not as pretty as that mom over there or that woman over there. Um, uh, How about, oh, she is so talented. She is just so good at everything, but I can't do anything right. Um, I'm not a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough mother, I'm not a good enough woman in general, Um, I'm too old, okay? And how about I'm too young, okay? So we are just going to fill that right up to the top, shake that right down, okay? So we fill our jar to the brim, sometimes with sins sometimes with busyness, sometimes with lies that we allow to corrupt our heart. And then we come to a really awesome day like today, and we say, God, fill me. Fill me, please. And what's going to happen? Give me a good full pour. Oh, my gosh, what's happening? Yeah, you can stop. There we go. It can't fit. Jesus' love and grace that he wants desperately to pour into my life I haven't made room for it, right? So give these ladies a hand. You ladies can sit right down there. So, God desires to fill us. That's his number one desire, right? God's arms are heavy with gifts that he desires to pour out on us, right? I was going to read this from the Bible, but I'm just going to say it because my hands are muddy. Um, In 1 John chapter 3 it says how lavish is god's love for us that he calls us children of god and yet so we are god's love for us is lavish okay he's not holding back when we think about the way that we love our children and we just multiply that by millions upon millions god desires to pour out his love on you god wants you to receive all that he has for you. And what does he have for us? We are the brides of Christ. What does he have for us? He has eternity with him, beholding his face, living in his light and his love and his mercy and his joy. And as we said, not just in eternity, but in this life. God wants us to walk in peace and light and joy. Now, my hands dried off a little bit, so I'm going to open my Bible up here. Romans. I'm going to Romans chapter 8 here. It says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Should trials, tribulations, distress, persecution, hunger, nakedness, or peril, or the sword. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors in him who loves us. Who loves us. It goes on to say, I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will ever be able to separate us. From the love of God in Christ Jesus, the Lord. So all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Every one of us, I stand before you. I'm struggling with sin in different areas, right? But I'm struggling against it, okay? We're not sitting happy in our sin. We're fighting it, right? We're fighting for the Lord. And there's going to come a day when we're at that heavenly wedding feast, and there won't be more fighting right it says that there will be no need for a son because the Lord himself will be the Sun shining his light upon us it says that he will wipe away every tear that we cry he's gonna hold your face in his hand and say you are all beautiful my beloved there is no blemish within you we belong to the Lord and yet we allow so much junk To come in between us and him and the gifts that he has for us. Right. So John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, slaughter and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full and have it to the full. So the devil is real and he's a thief and he's a liar. Okay, so those those lies that we talked about, right? You're not good enough. You're too old. You're too young. You're not beautiful enough. You're not skilled enough. You're not funny enough. You're not seen enough. You can't do enough. You do too much. You're too much. Those lies. The liar is going to lie. Right. Satan is going to lie to you and he's going to want you to fill your cup with so much busyness and so much deceit and so much sin and so much useless media that we're wasting our time with, right? And he wants us to just stuff our hearts so full that the Lord who wants to fill us to the brim with lavish life, that we're just too busy and too full for that. So what we're going to do this afternoon, we're actually going to do a little prayer exercise, okay? Um, Because I think that God can move in parish halls in the middle of the afternoon with our babies around us when we're, you know, nourishing them. I think the Lord has freedom for each of us today. And I think he wants us to bring him our empty jars so that he can fill us to the brim and transform our lives, right? So today is about doing whatever he tells us to do so that his kingdom can come. And the first thing he told us to do was to bring an empty jar. So you prepare to like just pray together today. Is that good? Can we do that? You're all ready for that? Okay, awesome. So we're going to enter into just a a brief but powerful meditation. So I invite you all to just kind of open your hands in your lap in front of you just as a sign of openness to the Holy Spirit. Opening your hands is like taking the lid off that jar, okay? So we're going to open our hands up and just take a moment of quiet to just give our hearts to the Lord. And I want you to just imagine your stone jar. So you just picture it and picture what it looks like, okay? And what we're going to do, we're going to just use our imagination to enter into prayer right now, okay? So in your open arms, you are holding your stone jar, okay? And we're going to walk through some different things that are muddying the waters in our stone jar. And what we're going to do, everybody's eyes are closed and no one's looking at you, but as we go through and we... We're going to um, do some acts of surrendering. And I would invite you to just pour out your jar as we surrender each and every little thing. Okay? So right now I want you to call to mind just any little sin in your life that's separating you from the Lord, whatever it is. And as we enter into this time of mercy, I just proclaim over each and every one of you that there is no shame here. There is no guilt here. We are entering in, Lord Jesus, to your mercy. We are entering into the heart of who you are. You have laid down your life for us, Lord, and you prepared us for this time, Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for who you are and what you're about this afternoon, Jesus. And we welcome your mercy with open arms. We're not coming with our heads hanging down low. We don't come to you full of shame, full of worry. We right now reject the lie that you will reject us. Because you are a welcoming king. You are full of love and compassion, Lord. And so right now, we just receive that compassion. Ladies, I just invite you to open your arms wide to receive that compassion. Just feel the Lord just pouring his compassion on you right now. This Lord Jesus, under the gift of your compassion and under the gift of your precious blood, we offer our sins to you right now, Lord. And as those sins kind of bubble up to your heart, just feel free at your leisure to just pour them out of your jar. I'm just pouring those sins out. We're pouring them out to our Jesus who loves us and he receives them. His eyes hold tears of joy as he's so grateful to see you beginning to empty your jar to receive him. Lord, we surrender our sins to you, Lord. Take our sins, Jesus. We surrender them to you. I just invite you right now to call to mind any relationships that are a burden on your heart. And that the distraction of that burden is just filling your heart with yucky and uncomfortable emotions that are consuming your mind. If there's any lack of forgiveness or burden of a relationship in your heart right now, I just invite you to surrender that relationship to Jesus, not to cast any person aside or anything like that, but to surrender the difficulty of that situation over to the Lord who loves you and to put it in his hands that he would work that out that he would be by your side in that suffering. Lord, we just pour out all of our relationship burdens to you, Lord. And any lack of forgiveness in our heart, Lord, we ask you to give us that same spirit of compassion that you have for us, Jesus, that right now in our hearts we would forgive those who have hurt us and that we would pour them out to you, Lord, that you would take them away, Lord, that you would just take that situation into your sacred heart that loves us. And call to mind any fears. Fears that are filling and burdening our hearts, Lord, and separating us from you. Would you help us call those to mind now, Jesus, that we would surrender them to you? Fears that are stopping us from wearing our pure white linen gown and dancing joyfully with you, Lord. We pour out our fears before you, Lord. Any guilt... Any shame of past sins that we're still carrying, that guilt and shame in our heart, we've confessed them. The Lord tells us to move on, but we, in our pride, have refused to forgive ourselves. Just allow that guilt and shame to bubble up to the top of your stone jar, that you would pour it out before Jesus. Pour it out, Lord Jesus. Any anger or resentment that we have towards the Lord. Times that he did not answer a prayer the way that we thought he should. Any disappointment or anger. So allow that to rise up to the top of your jar. And this could be a very difficult pour. We lay it all out, Lord. Our plans that we have for our life. Our plans for our own comfort kingdom, our plans for our idea of what our successful life will look like. I would invite you to even surrender these plans over to the Lord to say, Lord, I trust that you have a plan for my life. And instead of being burdened by the rat race of getting where I feel I need to be and getting my children where I feel they need to be, that I would live in your moment and receive your grace that you would light a path before me that I would walk in faith one step at a time, Lord Jesus. I pour out my plans before you, Lord. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Getting a word on my heart about any physical suffering. that Someone here has a physical suffering that they're enduring that has created uh, just a rift in their heart between them and the Lord. There's a physical suffering that you're carrying the Lord wants you to surrender that to him. Our physical image, the way that we look, the way that we, that we um, perceive others to perceive us, wanting to impress others and be, be applauded by others and seen by others and loved and appreciated, our desire to be set apart above others so allow that to rise to the top of our stone jars and we pour it out before you Lord Jesus the busyness of our lives Lord the good that we want to do and the not so good that creeps in there too all the things that we busy ourselves with Lord that we run out of time to pray we let that bubble to the top and we release it to you, Lord. And sisters, anything else that's in your jar, just give you a few moments of quiet, that anything that's in your jar, that you would completely empty it out before Jesus, who thirsts for you and your sacrifice. He thirsts to receive you and all that you are. And he receives your surrender. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast. And so they took it. And when the steward of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants did. They called the steward, the steward of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first. But you have kept the good wine until now, until now, now in this moment, God has something for you where you are in this room, at this parish, who you are at this time in this place until now, the Lord has fresh new wine for you today thank you Jesus we receive that new wine we open our hearts to receive what you have for us Lord the choicest wine anointed for this time we will receive you thank you Jesus thank you Lord so ladies the Lord wants to fill us to the brim every corner of our lives all of it there's nothing the Lord wants you to hold back from him and who you are. You are so amazingly beautiful. And that sounds like such a faux pas thing to say. Like you have to say, God is good and he is perfect in all of his ways. And when he created you, he did it on purpose and he did it for a purpose. There are no accidents. There are no shortcomings, When the Lord creates, He does it good. He is a good God. And you are created in the image and likeness of your Heavenly Father who is good. And you are good. And your jar is worthy of the choicest wine. And you are going to provide in your families. You are going to be that wine of joy that fills the cup of your children and your spouses and your parents and your friends and when the Lord does call you to give and to volunteer you're going to be choice wine there you're not secondhand wine you don't come in a box right what's that Frazzetti or whatever right 599 big box that's not you you're top shelf baby you're at the top okay you are choice wine but where does it come from does it come from me and you no no it comes from heaven We need to empty our jars and allow the Lord to fill us. And only then will we be satiated and will we have the power to satiate those the Lord brings to us to be satisfied? Because does he call us to that? He keeps sending people to us with their needs and their desires, right? We will satiate the needs of those that he brings to us when we are filled with the choice wine from above. But we cannot do it on our own. Right. So if you feel dry and empty and like you have nothing else to pour out, we need to go to the source. Empty is good. Bring your empty to Jesus and allow him to fill you to the brim. And not just for others sake, but for your sake, for your sake today could be the most important day of your life. Not just our wedding days, right? But every day is a wedding day when we're in love with the Lamb of God. Because every day we are his bride. And every day he clothes us in white linen. And every day he calls us to us. And the Eucharist is the best sign of that, right? Because the Eucharist, when we consume him, we take him into our bodies in a physical way. And we become one with him, right? He consumes us as we consume him, and we are joined to him more closely than we even are to our spouse in the marital union, right? Jesus gives himself to us, and we become one flesh, and we go forth into the world as his bride to serve his other children, right? That's our mission and our call. That's how the kingdom comes to earth, through you and I, brides of Christ. So when we pray thy kingdom come, that's our mission because Jesus is alive in us. That's what Christian means. And that's what it means to be a bride of Christ because the devil believes in Jesus. So believing in Jesus doesn't mean Christian, right? Christian means being on mission for Jesus. It means Jesus alive in me. He's alive in me through the Eucharist. He's alive in me and I am his bride and I'm going to go forth and I'm going to pour out that choice wine. Amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to have adoration and we're going to have confession. If some of those sins that bubbled up to the top of your jar are mortal sins, you're going to have a chance to give those to the priest and get forgiveness from the church and to move forward into a life of freedom in your white linen gown. Okay, so yay for confession. And we're all going to have the chance for adoration. Right. We're going to be there with our Eucharistic king in the presence of the king who is the kingdom. And we're going to allow him to consume us from within that we can go forth as his brides on mission for him.
2: Is where you are comes my way When I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay When I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus, you're my hope
1: I'm John Paul Schleter and one of six children, which means we're pretty busy. In fact, one weekend, we had eight soccer games, four cross-country meets, and a bunch of other events. But you know what the best part of it was, besides Mass, of course? Setting aside time as a family to talk and pray. I want to invite you to go right now to massimpact.us. Check out the Live It Gathering Guide. It's new every week, a great way for families to talk and pray based upon Sunday readings. Your kids will grump at the idea.
2: Expect it, but trust me, it will
1: be the best 30 minutes you will spend in a long, long time. It will help you all experience God alive in your family relationships that make your house a home. Join
2: us now at
0: MassImpact.us Thanks, Mom. That was pretty awesome.